Storyside, would you welcome Pastor Lonnie Keene as he comes today to share with us? Praise God. Love you, Pastor Michael. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. Good morning, Storyside. It's good to be in the house this morning. Praise God. It's so great to be able to come to such an awesome church and share what God has laid on my heart. Uh, we had a great time this weekend with the couples, man. We had a lot of fun, a lot of moments of uh, just emotional moments, and just where I feel like God really did something in the room. And uh, Pastor Micah mentioned that uh, this morning is kind of capping off what has already begun this weekend, and I believe God's going to do something in the room today. Amen. How many of y'all agree with me on that? God is going to do something in the room today. I, uh, I am so grateful and appreciative of Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel and just our uh, relationship, friendship that we've had over the years. Uh, you guys, you know, you can't find good pastors. You know, you can find, it's interesting, you can find good churches, but <laughs> you can't always find good pastors. They're not on every corner. They don't come a dime a dozen. And so when you find a good pastor, you need to hold on to him for dear life. You know, it's like when you find a good doctor, you know, you hate to give him up and you find a good uh, hairstylist. You hate to give him up and you find a good ladies OBGYN and you hate to give him up. And so, you know, you ought to be like one of them. You ought to be like one of them cowboys when they get on them bucking horses. I don't care how much they buck. You hold on for life. When you find a good pastor, you don't let them go. Praise God. And so I'm saying Pastor Mike and Pastor Angel are great pastors, uh, the fruit of their labor. You know, we're sitting in it. We're seeing God just do some phenomenal things here at Storyside Church. And so I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be a part of what God is doing here. We really feel like our churches are connected. You know, uh, when he came to our church so many years ago, it was Kingdom Christian Center. We, too, and it was purple because uh, <laughs> purple is is the color of royalty, right? And uh, really, uh, I don't have time to get into it, but uh, uh, the Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. Kingdom is a, uh, the Greek word for kingdom is basilia, and basilia is where we get the term basil, salt from and it just means seasoning and so that just simply means everything that the kingdom touch it ought to make it better it ought to season it it ought to and so that's why we had the name those many years ago kingdom christian center a couple years ago we changed the name of our church to strong point church praise god and we're so excited about the name and what god is doing in the midst of our church in the city of Columbus, Ohio. So I got a few minutes today to share with you, praise God. I believe the word of the Lord is going to be a blessing. Uh, I told them at the marriage uh, retreat this weekend that uh, I like people to talk back to me. I said I like people to talk back to me. <laughs> and we call it in my church, we call it pulling on the anointing. Uh, the more you pull, the more God will give. Did y'all know that about God? I said, the more that you pull, the more God will give. And I know sometimes people blame it on their personality and say, well, that's just not me. You know, I'm not very vocal. I'm not very loud or gregarious. I'm kind of quiet. But come on, be honest with you. How does that work when you're watching the Ohio State Buckeyes or <laughs> come on? And, 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 and we get the touchdown and we go up with the last seconds on the clock. Come on. You don't sit there with your lips zipped and your mouth shut. Come on. You don't torture people trying to interpret your silence, right? 
when your kid makes the basket at the basketball game or runs in for the touchdown. You don't sit there with your arms crossed in silence, torturing your family, trying to interpret your silence. When you and your wife go into the bedroom for intimacy for those three minutes, I'm, no, I'm just... You, you don't torture one another trying to interpret each other's silence. Please don't torture the preacher today and make me have to interpret your silence. Talk back to the preacher. Amen. I'm going to go to a story over in 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm going to read a few verses of scripture here, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to share a few thoughts with you. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I have my beautiful wife, Pastor Tracy, I'm sorry, with me today. She shared at the retreat this weekend. I have a couple of assistants with us, Kenny and Brittany, who assist us at home and on the road. And so I'm grateful for them being with us on today as well. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, uh, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant, dear, fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take away my two sons to be bondmen. Well, they would be tough to live back in those days. You would want to stay out of debt because they come to take away their kids. Wow, that's how they were going to pay their debt, by giving up their children. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid have nothing in thine house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. And here's what I like. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. Can everybody say shut the door? He said, shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside uh, that which is full. Verse 5 says, so when or so she went in from him and shut the door. Can everybody say shut the door? Upon her and upon her sons uh, who bought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Boy, I hope I have time to get into that this afternoon. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children off the rest. Wow. So there were a number of things said in here, and I want to unpack a couple of thoughts to you. I could talk about how he said, go borrow the vessels, because there's some great points in that. I could talk about how he says, you know, after you borrow and pour out the oil, I could talk about that. I could talk about after she pours out, he says, go and sell it, right? Go and sell it and pay thy debt. But what I want to talk about specifically that he said here that was interesting to me is that he told her to shut the door told her to shut the door. And there's some reasons I believe he told her to shut the door. And I want to just unpack some of those reasons today. How many note takers? Do you take notes? How many of you take notes? I'm going to give you a few points today. I'm a point guy. I like to give one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine points, you know, and uh, <laughs> give you something that'll stick to your ribs that you can remember, praise God. So I want to give you a few points today. I'm going to give you some reasons why I believe she shut the door. Number one, I believe she shut the door for privacy. I believe she shut the door for privacy. Uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, when you go to the doctor's office, you go into that patient room, you know, when you go in there, they always shut the door. 
And man, sometimes I feel like I get claustrophobia. You know, I get in that little room and I'm sitting back there waiting on the doctor. Last time I went on my doctor's visit, I was sitting back there. They shut the door. I got up and opened it. I said, I just want to hear something. I want to see people walking by. Y'all got me just sitting back here. And the nurse, she came back in and she said, sir, the door has to stay shut. And she shut the door. And one of the things I realized is that, you know what, some healing only happens in privacy. You have to shut the door. It's like, you know, when you go to the restroom, you shut the door. Because some experiences can only be expressed in privacy. Right? When you and your wife, I mentioned going to the bedroom, y'all, or your husband, y'all, shut the door. Because how many of you know you don't get pregnant in public, you get pregnant in private. And I'm saying there's some things that God wants to birth in you today, StorySide, but he can only do it behind closed doors. And I believe she shut the door for privacy. Come on. Teddy said, close the door. Y'all remember that? Let me give you what you've been waiting for. That's right. God is saying you've been waiting for some things and I'm going to give them to you, but you're going to have to learn how to shut the door on some things because there's some stuff I only do in privacy. Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 says, but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door, he said, pray to the father, which is in secret. And then it says, and thy father, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know what I've learned? Public promises are often the result of private prayers. Did y'all hear what I said? Public promises are often the result of private prayers. When you go into your prayer closet, you shut the door. In other words, your prayer closet ought to be for you what a phone booth is for Clark Kent. You know when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he goes in as just some normal, natural, regular guy. He goes in mild-mannered. He goes in somewhat timid. But while he's in there, something so transformational takes place that when he steps out, come on, he's stronger than a locomotive and he's able to leap tall buildings and he's faster than a speeding bullet. And I'm saying that's just how it is. When we go into our prayer closet with our God, we may go in one way, but something so transformational takes place while we're in there. We come out. Come on. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody shout, shut the door. So I believe she shut the door for privacy. Number two, I believe she shut the door on public opinion. She shut the door on public opinion. Elijah said, go borrow vessels of thy neighbors. And then he said, interesting, don't just borrow a few, borrow many. Now, I can see, I can hear, I can just, if you can just, just get yourself into this story with me, I can hear all of the neighbors giving their opinions. Why are you going to borrow all these vessels? Why do you need so many? If you're going to get, just get one vessel. You only got a little pot of oil. Come on, opinions, right? Matter of fact, what is the man of God trying to do? Is he trying to get you to dig deeper ditches of debt in your life? Doesn't he know you already have 
financial issues? Why would you go borrow all of these vessels to have to pay all of this back to those people? Why don't you just borrow a few? But you know what Elijah told her to do? He said, shut the door on public opinion. Don't you remember when the 12 spies went out to spy off the land? Ten of them. Come on, that represents public opinion. They came back and said, we're not able to possess the land. They're giants in the land. They're bigger than we. But one guy by the name of Caleb, the Bible says he stood up and he stilled the people. And he said, no, 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 no. Let us go up at once and let us possess the land for we're able to overcome it. In other words, he had to shut the door on public opinion. Come on. Don't you remember Paul? Paul said something very interesting in the New Testament. He said, when God called me to preach, he said, I did not confer with flesh. In other words, I had to shut the door on public opinion. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And in your life, there are going to be moments, there are going to be times, there are going to be seasons where you're going to have to shut the door, come on, on public opinion. You remember one day Jesus came to the disciples and he said, I know I'm going like 557 miles an hour right now, but I want to get everything out to you that I have to get out to you on today. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say. In other words, they started giving public opinion. They said, some say thou art John the Baptist and some say thou art Elias and some say thou art one of the prophets. And Jesus got tired of hearing about what some say. Jesus said, Tell me who you say that I am. And they said, thou art, come on, the Christ, the son of the living God. And been, while I've been serving God, I've learned something. I've learned there are times where we need to flip the script. In other words, there are times when we go to people and we hear people's public opinion. In other words, people will give you their opinion about you, They'll, what some will say about you. Some will say that you're a loser, and some would say you're a failure, and some would say your family and your marriage won't make it. But you got to get tired of hearing what some say, and you got to look up to heaven and say, God, what do you say? Come on and get God's opinion and shut the door on public opinion. An artist was revealing his art piece one afternoon, and there was a famous art critic in the crowd. And so the artist took the cloth off of his art, and he revealed the piece, and afterwards the art critic came up to him, and he said, would you like my opinion? And the artist says, sure. And the art critic said, it's worthless. And the artist says, I know, but give it to me anyway. <laughs> Some of y'all get that on the drive home. Some of y'all, oh, okay. Sometimes public opinion is worthless. And we need to understand what God is saying about us. Oprah Winfrey was fired from her first job and told she wasn't fit for television. How many of you know Oprah shut the door on public opinion? Sidney Portier was told he couldn't work in film and he needed to go get a job being a dishwasher. How many of you know he shut the door on public opinion? Michael Jordan, the GOAT. I know y'all think LeBron is the GOAT, but I'm from the old school. Michael Jordan was cut 
in the 10th grade from his high school basketball team, how many of you know he shut the door on public opinion? Colonel Sanders' recipe was rejected 1,009 times. I'm so glad. How many of you know that chicken is finger licking good? I'm so glad he shut the door on public opinion. Come on, talk to me, church. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You got to shut the door on public opinion. I remember when we purchased our first building, our first property, we were renting for a couple of years and then we went to go to the bank and in the city there was a particular bank and there was a lady there. They called her the church lady because she was known for giving out loans to banks and so they said, you need to go see the church lady and so I went and sat down with the church lady and she looked at our financials and she looked back at me in my eye and she said, you guys are about five years away from being strong enough to purchase. And she said, every bank is going to agree with me. And I'm here to tell you five months later, we were able to purchase our first facility because we shut the door on public opinion. Come on. People told me and my wife that we wouldn't make it, that our marriage wouldn't make it because her great-grandparents got divorced and my great-grandparents got divorced and her grandparents got divorced and my grandparents got divorced and her parents got divorced and my parents got divorced. But I'm standing here 28 years later <laughs> and we told the devil... The buck stops here, come on, and we shut the door on public opinion. And I believe there are times you have to just shut the door because people are going to be on Instagram instigating and people are going to be on Twitter tripping and people are going to be on Facebook fighting you and you got to learn how to unfollow and unfriend and unsubscribe. Come on and shut the door on public opinion. So I believe she shut the door for privacy. I believe she shut the door on public opinion. Number three, I believe she shut the door to protect her stuff. Come on, how many of you know that you're done letting the devil take your stuff? Come on, whatever your stuff is. How many of you said, devil, I'm done letting you take my stuff. I, you know, when I think about it, I think about Popeye. Y'all remember Popeye? How many of y'all old enough to remember Popeye? You remember Popeye, man? Bluto, Pluto. I can't remember his name. It was one of them. Bluto, Pluto. Which one was it? Poo, 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 or blue? P, Pluto would be beating Popeye down. It's almost like speaking in tongues, isn't it? Pluto would be beating Popeye down, be beating him to a pulp. And he would always go and take Popeye's woman, olive oil, and he'd take olive oil back away, and Popeye would try to go and get olive oil, and Pluto would be beating him down to a pulp. But then after a while, Popeye would get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he says, I can't stand no more. And Popeye would pop him a can of spinach, come on, and something supernatural would come over Popeye. And Popeye say, I'm coming to get my stuff. And he'd go back and he'll get his woman. He'll get olive oil. 
How many of you know you got to have a Popeye anointing sometime and go get your stuff? I believe this woman shut the door to protect her stuff. In verse 1, she says, the creditor has come to take away my two sons. The man of God told her, shut the door. In other words, devil, you can't have my children. Devil, you can't have my marriage. Devil, you can't have my money. Devil, you can't have my peace. Devil, this is the time to talk back to the preacher. Devil, you can't have my oil. Come on, I'm going to shut the door. Come on, somebody ought to shout, shut the door. This is good. You have to locate where the enemy is getting in at and shut the door. You know why? There's always a draft to an open door. See, sometimes offense is nothing but a draft to an open door. Sometimes division is a draft to an open door. Sometimes unforgiveness It's nothing but a draft to an open door, and you have to locate the draft and shut the door. Let me read a story to you real quick out of Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19, verse 1. It says, that evening the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom, and Lot was sitting there as they arrived. When he saw them, he stood up to meet them and welcomed them. Sirs, he said, come to my home as my guest for the night. You can get up early as you like and be on your way again. Oh, no, thanks, they said. We'll just stretch out here along the street. But he was very urgent until at the last uh, they went home with him. And he set a great feast before them, uh, complete with freshly baked unleavened bread after the meal. As they were preparing to retire for the night, the men of the city, yes, sodomites, young and old from all over the city, surrounded the house and shouted to Lot, bring out those men to us so that we can rape them. Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, fellows, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters, and I'll surrender them to you to do with as you wish. But leave these men alone, for they are under my protection. Now, let me just bring you up to speed. These men were actually angels that God had sent to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And he sent them to Lot's house. So these men represent God's gifts. They represent heaven's good fortune. They represent God's favor and spiritual blessing that he put under Lot's roof. And these men wanted to rape what was under his roof. And oftentimes the enemy wants to come into your house and he wants to rape what's under your roof. He wants to rape the good fortune and the spiritual blessings and the favor that God has established under your roof. 
He wants to rape you of the resources that are under your roof. He wants to rape you of the relationships that are under your roof. He wants to rape you of the reputation that you have built under your roof. But the Bible says, Lot shut the door behind him. This is why you have to quit saying things like, my door is always open. This is why you have to quit telling people, you don't have to knock if Jesus has to knock. Jesus said, I won't come in unless you open the door. And what I've learned over the years is that while some knocks are welcoming, other knocks are warnings. Knock, knock. Who's there? Robin. Robin who? Robin you. Now open the door. <laughs> he shut the door to protect their stuff. And this is why I never, and I'm sorry, I need to say it, let my children participate in Halloween. You do as you please. I never did. I don't care how cute the little two-year-old is standing there in her witch costume. I tell them, shut the door. No, I tell them, slam the door. Come on, y'all know how y'all do when Jehovah Witness walk up on y'all porch? <laughs> Shut the door. Let me read this story to you. There was a farmer that was really protective of his three daughters. In fact, he always met their boyfriends at the door with a shotgun. At 5.30 Friday night, there was a knock at the door. The farmer answered it with his gun. The guy at the door said, hello, my name is Eddie. I'm here for Betty. We're going for spaghetti. Is she ready? The farmer paused, then said, okay, she's ready. Another half an hour passed. There was another knock. The farmer answered it with his gun again. The guy at the door said, hello, my name is Joe. I'm here for Flo. We're going to the show. Is she ready to go? The farmer paused again and said, yes, she's ready. A half an hour later, there was another knock. The farmer went to the door with his shotgun. The guy at the door said, hello, my name is Chuck. The farmer shot him and shut the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe this woman shut the door to protect her stuff. Number four, write this one down. I believe she shut the door to put doubt out. She shut the door to put doubt out. Remember Jesus put out people in the temple? Y'all remember? They were in there selling and turning and doing all that, and he came over, turned over tables and turned over chairs, and he put everybody out. Pastor Micah did so... Um, eloquently on yesterday in receiving communion, talked about J. Iris. Talked about J. Iris and the daughter being in the house and Jesus came into the house and everybody said that the girl was dead and Jesus shut the door in public opinion. He said, no, the girl's only asleep. And then what did he do? He put everyone out. 
put everyone out the house. Because if you're going to have a miracle, miracles won't manifest until you put doubt out. And they won't manifest until you put unbelief out. And they won't really manifest until you put negativity and problematic people out of your life. I know every Sunday we'll probably do it today. You guys probably call it as a different term here at StorySide as it is here at Strong Point. We may call it a fresh start or maybe, you know, a, a new beginning or whatever you may call it. Some of you, and you come up in the old Baptist church, in the old Baptist church, they would call it opening the doors to the church. They would say, come and we're going to extend the right hand of fellowship. And we're going to open the doors to the church. And simply that just meant you can come and be a part of the church and join the church. And every Sunday, the preacher would get up with his robe on so eloquently. And he said, let's join the right hand of fellowship. We're now opening the doors of the church. You know what I've learned? I learned there needs to be seasons where we shut the doors to the church. You never heard that, have you? You never heard a preacher get up at the end of service and begin to pray and say, I want to pray for all of those who think about leaving Storyside today. We want to shut the doors to the church. For all of you who have been creating chaos over the past year, for all of you who have been causing contention and division, for all of you who have been making it very difficult for me to pastor, we want you to come. We're going to shut the doors to the church. For all of you who hardly come to church, for you who come to church late all of the time, for you who never serve in the church, for you who rob God of the tithe in the church, for you who don't believe in the vision of the church and is always questioning what we're doing, come on, would you come? We're shutting the doors to the church. We want to pray. Come on. You never heard that. I think sometimes we got to shut the doors. I learned years ago to never let people manipulate me with their leaving the church. I tell them, you want me to help you pack? No, I tell them, shut the door behind you. No, I tell them, let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord. Come on, help me preach. <laughs> I believe she shut the door to put doubt out. Let me give you one more. I have about three more, but for time's sake. I believe she shut the door to pay thy debt and to live off the rest. Verse 7 says, go sell thy oil, pay thy debt, and live off the rest. Let me talk to those who are in the pay thy debt season of your life. There's an anointing to pay thy debt, and there's an anointing to live off the rest. And you have to determine where you are in the pouring process. Have you poured just enough to pay your debt or have you poured enough to live off the rest? And let me say this to your story side, and I teach it and I preach it to Strong Point all the time. Don't let keeping up with the Joneses pressure you to live off the debt. He didn't say live off the debt. He said pay thy debt. And I don't even know who these Joneses are. These Joneses put a lot of pressure on us. And I don't even know who they are. I can understand if it was the Kardashians. <laughs> but who are the Joneses? 
And so I'm just saying, I can't go to the movies today. I'm paying my debt. I can't go to the mall today. I'm paying my debt. I can't go hang out in the marketplace today. I'm paying my debt. And even today, when someone comes up to you and you know you're in that season, you're in that pouring season of paying your debt, they may come up to you today and say, hey, let's go out to dinner. Let's go out to lunch after church. You may have to respond and tell them, I'm in between blessings. I'm experiencing a temporary embarrassment of funds. In other words, I'm pouring to pay off my debt. And then shut the door and keep on pouring into your children. And keep on pouring into your church. And keep on pouring into your pastors. And keep on pouring into people. Keep on pouring into your future. Keep on pouring into the vision that God has given you for your life until you develop that live off the rest anointing. Story side, if I don't say anything else, God sent me to tell you today that your days of living from paycheck to paycheck are over. Your days of robbing Peter to pay Paul are over. Your broke days are over. God is saying you are about to pay off some debt and I'm about to put you in position to live off of the rest. Jesus takes two fish, five loaves. He feeds 5,000 people. But you know what the most miracle is? When it's done and over with, after everybody's been fed in full, there's 12 baskets of fragment left over because God always blesses us with enough to live off the rest. Come on. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out blessings you don't even have room enough to receive because God always blesses us with enough to live off of the rest. And I don't know, he's going to do it through your salary or he's going to do it through maybe some sort of settlement or he's going to do it through a stimulus check or he's going to do it through you pouring out oil. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm telling you, you're about to hit your season. Come on, this is your season. In other words, she shut the door because, she did, because the prophet was teaching her, this is your year to come back. This is your season to make a comeback. This is your day to come back. Wow. And I don't know about you, I've been broke, and I've been blessed, and blessed is better. Did y'all hear that? I don't know about you. I've been broke, and I've been blessed, 
and blessed is better. And I'm just preaching and I'm praying and I'm prophesying that when the Spirit of the Lord maketh rich, he adds no sorrow to it. Get ready, story side, for not just paying the debt. You got to pay the debt. You got to pay the debt on those credit cards. You got to pay the debt on those student loans so they don't go into default. You got to pay the debt. You owe back taxes. You got to pay the debt. But God says, I'm getting ready to shore it up, and I'm going to pay the debts. And then I'm going to get you to live over into the overflow where you're just living off the rest. My God, this is why it's not good to just say, I only want a little. Because that's selfish. Because a little is just for your forward no more. God says, what I want to do with you, I want you to be able to pour it into other people. See, 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 I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this right here. She said, she said, bring me another, yet another vessel. The son said, there are no more vessels. The scripture says, then the oil stopped flowing. The oil didn't stop because God ran out of oil. The oil stopped because she ran out of vessels. And as long as you put a vessel in front of God, God will keep pouring Maybe your husband is a vessel, or maybe your wife is a vessel, or maybe your children are a vessel. Storyside Church is a vessel. Your business is a vessel. Are y'all following me? As long as you keep bringing vessels, God will keep pouring the anointing. Can I ask you to stand all over the sanctuary as I pray? I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray that we shut the door, that we shut the door. We always pray for God for open doors. But when you think back over your life, aren't you grateful and thankful sometimes for the shut doors? For the doors that he didn't let you walk into? Because you didn't know what was going to be on the other side. And so I want to pray right now for everyone under the sound of my voice. And particularly, specifically for those who are in the room who says, you know what, I've never opened up the door of my heart and asked Christ to come in. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you've never come into the doors. We're opening the doors of the church of Storyside. Maybe you've never come into the church and said, I want to get planted and be a part and participate. What's going on in this great church of Storyside? I want to pray for you to open up the doors and come in. So let's bow our heads and let's bow our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. For anyone who has been living with a closed door to open it right now, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. He said, all I would want you to do is open it up and let me come in and I'll sup with you. Come on, I'll fellowship with you. 
I'll give you and I'll meet your every need if you just open the door. If you're in here right now, come on, I just want you to open your heart. If you've never done it before, I want you to open your heart to Christ and let him come into that open door. He won't bust it down. He's a gentleman. He won't knock it down. He won't tear the locks off. You have to open it up and let him come in. And by just lifting your hands and lifting your head to the hills, sometimes this suggests that you're opening your heart to let Christ come in. And maybe you're here and you've been visiting and you've been coming for a while and you've been trying to figure out, is this the place that you want to call home? I'm saying the doors of StorySide are open today. For anyone who says, I want to get planted, I want Pastor Mike and Pastor Angel to be my pastors, I want a good church family, and I believe I found it here at StorySide, we're opening the doors to the church for you to participate and be a part of a wonderful family here at this church. And so he already told you, you can go out to the tents with the tall black tables, and someone out there will be there to meet you, to greet you, to welcome you, to celebrate the experience that you've had today, whether it's letting Christ come in or whether it's you coming into a great house. I pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. Can we take about 90 seconds? There was a part in the song called Revival. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Let's just lift our hearts and let's just lift our hands and let's just worship God.